Hello and welcome. We've got even more in the Money Players podcast for you this weekend. On this show, we're going to start off talking about the late pick five at Monmouth. We'll have our Monmouth bet of the day. That's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get to that, though, we have a little bonus coverage presented in conjunction with our friends at the Breeders' Cup. We've been looking at the international win and you're in races, and we're going to play that segment right now. Next up on the show, we bring in a legendary handicapping author who I'm proud to say is also our French racing correspondent. We're going to talk to him about Breeders' Cup win and you're in action in France on Sunday, his new book project, a lot of other things. Always a pleasure to have on these airwaves. Mark Kramer. Mark, what's going on? Peter, it's an honor to, to be on your show. Well, you're very, the honor is all mine, but I appreciate that. What about what we have coming up this weekend? Well, I'm just getting started on this weekend because uh, I've been, the problem is I've been having a bunch of videos and interviews with my new book. So it's put me back a step. So I've zoomed in totally on the pre-morning. Uh, Great. And used uh, all my time, including waking up at night to check back at the stats. Love that. Love the thorough job you do. This race, historically, give us a little bit of info about it. I know there's some interesting angles with it, especially vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Breeders' Cup. One particular angle is that the um, horses coming from Ireland do not do particularly well here. And so uh, that's that gives a gives a chance a better chance to some of the um some of the other countries the the phoenix for example in ireland is not strong in producing winners in the pre morning the the great thing is that this is always wide open in other words there are no preconceived um plates that you can put all your handicapping into and how does this year's field shape up uh, well, we did this race last year, Peter, and it seems to me this year's field is much better than last year. So uh, I think that the uh, multiple chances, even with the 12 to 1 and the 14 to 1 horses that that are really up and coming, these are two-year-olds, uh, they can suddenly reverse their form. As happened with uh, one of our entries today, Valiant Force, who won the Norfolk at 150 to 1. What do you think of that one's chances in this race? Valiant Force, the trainer, Adrian Murray, has two horses in this field, Valiant Force and uh, Bucanero Fuerte. And uh, I would love to see a former dairy farmer win this race. <laughs> and it's possible. I think actually that Bucanero Fuerte, listed at four to one in the antipost, has a, a more is more likely to improve or at least he radically improved in his last race and i can give you an example now he the, the favorite here is uh two two to one river tiber uh aiden o'brien ryan moore three for three light time he did beat bucanero fuerte but if you calculate by comparable horses and i compare the same horses running the same types of races against this same horse um the uh, the horse named uh, Give Me the Beat Boys was three quarters of a length behind Bucanero Fuerte in the Coventry, but then in the Phoenix was five and a half lengths behind Bucanero Fuerte. Now, if Bucanero Fuerte actually it doesn't have to gain anymore, but if that was a true gain of four 
plus lengths in his last race, then that puts him with or ahead of River Tiber. And so here you have Bucanera Forte, Forte with uh, four to one. I don't know if I should call this English horse uh, in, with a Spanish name Bucanero Fuerte. Four to one against a two to one. I think there, there's value here with Bucanero Fuerte. I like the sound of that. I like that type of a form handicapping. What What do you think of uh, of River Tiber and his chances in this spot? It depends what odds. I mean, he is a legitimate. He's three for three. You can't uh, you can't knock him. He won a group two at Ascot, but I I just think that um, you have other horses that are three for four, two for two, two for three. Uh, these all of these horses are good, and so I wouldn't be able to take low low odds on River River Tiber, and I expect that he will be the two at the two that the Antipost list list him, and I think there it's better to try to beat him. Without without knocking him, yeah. As you always say, you have to check the odds, right? Oh, of course, of course. In terms of horses in here who you can see going on to run at the Breeders' Cup in the Juvenile Turf Sprint if they do well, who comes to who else comes to mind as far as that goes? Uh, the the second favorite here, Rama Chuel, uh, Christopher Head horse. Uh, he won a key race two races back at Chantilly a race he won it by five lengths. Uh, the second and third finishers in that race both came back to win a listed while Rama Chuel went on to win the um, Robert Papin. Now that was a, a mediocre five-horse field, Robert Papin, but he won it easily. And you can't knock him for winning by five lengths or a large margin. Uh, it, they, they weren't really whipping him or anything. so. I think this horse, this horse could be a, a good one in the USA. We have uh, uh, River Tiber at two, Rama Tuel at five to two, Buc- Bucanero Fuerte at four. Then we have uh, Chrisford horse Van Dyck, who is two for two and a late developer. So he won at Goodwood, the Richmond Stakes. The Richmond Stakes does produce winners in this race. Uh, and so you can't you can't eliminate him. Uh, Carl Burke has a horse that has was a beaten favorite, and he he lost to the uh, to, to today's favorite, but not by much. And uh, I I let, look hard at Carl Burke horses because Carl Burke once bicycled to all forty nine English racetracks, and um, I'm a bicycle follower. So I think if this guy uh, he's been training well. And uh, beaten favorite, maybe something happened to him. I looked at the race long and hard. I didn't see that he had any mistake. Uh, but at seven to one, he was close enough to the to the leaders uh, in a large field to give him a chance. And then there's uh, Sacred An- Sacred Angel, uh, Charlie Johnston horse. Three wins, two wins out of three races. Uh, he beat nine horses. In, in an Ascot race where it was a group three. And it's another horse that certainly has a chance to improve. Then there, we mentioned Valiant Force, who's listed here at 10 to one. He won the Norfolk. He's in the Breeders' Cup. And, uh, you know, people are going to say, well, 
I, I missed him at 150 to one, so I'm not going to take him at 10 to one, but certainly has a chance. Then you have what I mentioned previously in the show, Andre Fabra, who's had 26% wins in his last 20 races. Fabra, at the moment, he has 48% of his finishers this year in the top three and a 1.96 uh, mutual, which is almost two, which means that he nearly breaks even in the placehole. So his horse, Sajir, 12 to 1 in the morning line, uh, he was beaten by elite status. And remember, elite status is the Carl Burke horse, who was a, was a beaten favorite in the Norfolk. But Sajir is a Fabra horse. He's only had two races. Fabra does this with two-year-olds. They can suddenly improve. Finally, well, two other horses, uh, excuse me. We have Johannesburg, Johannes Brahms, O'Brien horse. My only question about this horse is O'Brien has been naming horses after composers, classical <laughs> music composers for many years. And why has it taken him so long to get to Johannes Brahms? I think this one is a late arrival, and I don't think he's ready. He won a listed in a huge field, and uh, he's, he was second at 23-horse 23, 23 field at Ascot, but the winner, uh, Big Eves, came back to win again. So, uh, hey, 14-1. Four, four, to one. And finally, I, I almost forgot to mention Jazur. Uh, but Jazur, seven to one, Clive Cox horse, three wins, two, three horse, three races, two wins, uh, but comes from a negative key race. I checked all the horses that he beat at Newmarket and in July stakes. None of them were any good. None of them came back. Uh, none of them went into the race with a great record. So Jazur, Jazur, I'm betting against. The two that I like the most, I think, are Rama Juel and Bucanero Fuerte. And I think that the Fabra horse, Sajir, at 12 to 1, could be in the money in an exotic. Great stuff. Really appreciate that. Let's talk about your latest book. If Thoreau had a bike, the great American philosopher Henry David Thoreau is the subject of this book. It's called The Art of the Ride. That's the subtitle. It's basically a book about exploring and uh, learning things near where you live that you didn't think existed. It's the adventure, adventurous spirit of Henry David Thoreau. And I did 39 bike trips, over a thousand kilometers every day. And um, one of the, three of the trips were made to horse race, horse race establishment. One to follow the steps of Ernest Hemingway and there's another racetrack visit, another chapter that you can get for free by simply Googling Mark Kramer Thoreau book excerpt or Mark Kramer book expert Thoroughbred Daily News, and you can check it out right there. I think you'll have a good time reading that, if nothing else. I'll put the link to the excerpt in the show notes, Mark. Always a pleasure to have you. Godspeed on this, and we'll be hearing from you soon because, of course, lots more big races in uh, France to come before we get to the Breeders' Cup. Always appreciate your insights, my friend. Thank you, Pete. Uh, honored to be with you. Always a pleasure to have Mark Kramer. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you at the Little House on the East Side and joined by one of the main people I want to talk to anytime I'm talking about Monmouth. 
He does such a great job covering it for us, racing day in and racing day out over on InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He's Eric Solomon. Eric, what's going on? Not much, Peter. Good to be back. Excellent. Excellent. We'll start by looking at this late pick five, and then we'll get to your bet of the day to wrap things up. It starts off in race number six. We've got an allowance race going a mile and 70. I was curious to get your take on this one. Just looking at the PPs on time form, the three road trip to nowhere looks potentially loose. My eye was drawn instantly to that one, but how do you see it? Uh, we're on the same page here. That, that That's going to be the uh, one horse that I'm going to put on the A-line in this race. Uh to me, I, I, I'm not sure how this race is going to be bet, but but I think it's interesting that uh, Claudio Gonzalez, leading trainer by a lot, I think almost 20 races right now, sends out two horses coming off big races, uh, Catch the Smoke, the two, uh, who's the morning line favorite, and the seven, your analysis. Uh, but both, you know, it's, especially when you look at their buyers, big jump forward last time out, and they're both wheeling back rather quick for this start. Um, Catch the Smoke is one I'm going to be – completely against in this race. I've, I've liked this horse for a while. I, I wasn't on him last time uh, when he, he really, everything kind of set up perfectly for him. It was an honest pace and August 4th, like that weekend, it was very, it was almost impossible to win front end on the inside and on the track that day, horses coming over the top on the outside on the dirt uh, had a, had a market advantage that day. Really that, that whole weekend. Uh, and that, that was the trip that he got watching back the races today, totally different track. It, it's, it seems, uh, you want it to be on or near the lead. So I think it's going to set up perfect for Paco Lopez on road trip to nowhere. Hopefully that, that will, will get somewhere around that three to one like those races a lot at parks. That last race, that, that was probably one of the, the best, uh, non-winners of one allowance races at parks all summer. He was fourth in that race. Uh, two, two back was a winner in starter allowance company. Last three dirt races have, have been strong, improving figures. I, I think he's loose on the lead, and, and I don't think they're going to be able to catch him, especially if the track's playing like it was today. Uh, I'm going to put him on the A line. I will back up with the six and seven on the B line. The six is beyond best. Another park source, uh, come, uh, Ernesto Padillo Preciado claimed this horse. Doesn't run a lot of horses here. Got his first win at Monmouth uh, in his career uh, two weeks ago. Um, you know, another horse coming off the claim. He is five for 13. Um, so 38% in his uh, last 90 days running with horses that, that are coming off a win. So 38% winners with horses that are coming off a win uh, lately. So I, I like that. I like the, that this is a well-bred horse. that's kind of coming into form here for him. And then I will also back up with the longer price of the two Claudio Gonzalez horses, your analysis. I, I did like that last race. Uh, everything was pretty well set up for him close to the, to the lead that day. Um, and actually I think I was mistaken. I said he was kind of wheeling back quick. He, he's coming back about, you know, 45 days later. So, so he's had a little bit of time after that big race. Um, so, so I, I, I think he, he's a player in this race as well. So three Sounds on the like- one, six, seven on the B. Three six seven, really pressing that three, looking to lock it up and start things off the right way in this late pick five. We move on to race number seven. We've got uh, turf action here for uh, Phillies three and up. We're going a mile and a sixteenth. 
my eye was uh, very much attracted to number one, the classy one. This is a very cool pedigree, I think, for a turfy Jersey bred found the stakes competition too tough last time, but I feel like she's going to get a really nice setup in here, sitting behind the speed, saving ground, and I really like that uh, Temple City Smart Strike Dam cross. You're getting getting smart Smart Strike and Dynaformer blood in a Jersey bred. That's just very very attractive to me. Who do you like in the seventh? Yeah, um, I I noticed that too. I, I do have the classy one on the A line. I'll talk a little bit more about her in just a second. But but I made I, I think Ruta the two is the horse that that feels like the most likely winner. Um, she, she's coming out of a race at Saratoga that was taken off the turf and Soda Allowance Company. She won that race. Uh, I mean, I don't think there was much left in there. A pretty slow race. I think they the mile and a quarter, two oh nine and change uh, that day. But but I really like her turf races here. All three at this at the meet. Uh, she, she was a, an easy winner in claiming company at, at the beginning of June. She, she snuck into a race off the AE list on July 1st and was flying home that day. It was all the way at the back, uh, beaten by a real nice horse named Uncorked that day. And then just was, was up against it from a pace standpoint last time, or two back on the turf when she was here. She she made a run at White Lilacs, but but that horse was was kind of loose on the lead, setting a soft pace, so she couldn't go with that one late. The, the two winners of that race came back and dueled, and were much the best in a non-winners of two condi- uh, allowance race here last week. So it's, to me, it feels like like this is going to be her turn at this level here. Um, like you were saying with the classy one, I, I like this horse as well. Going to be putting her on the A line. Two starts as a three-year-old filly. Uh, paired the the buyers, so to me it looks like like she is going to be sitting on a career top effort, uh, like like you mentioned with the pedigree for you know you don't see that in a lot of New Jersey bred, so so I think she could be a, a very useful New Jersey bred uh, filly on the turf, you know, in some of those turf races in years to come. A uh, couple couple horses I'm going to use underneath and and as a backup, I think my crazy long shot in this race is the nine uh, Cotile. She's coming out of the Andy Guest stakes at Colonial Downs last month. And and she kind of it was kind of a race. She was 70 to 1, really didn't have any business being in that race. She is trained by uh, Odebeck Umarov. So, so, so very uh, unknown connections. But, you know, since this horse was privately purchased uh, by, after her uh, maiden win at Turfway, she's run two credible races in sprints, one on synthetic at Gulfstream, one on the turf for the first time. You see the kitten's joy underneath. Yep. Uh, to, to me, you know, fifteen to one morning line. I, I think she could easily be thirty to one when they go into the post in this race. Might might just be one of those crazy horses you can throw underneath and you know catch a catch a bomb in the exactor trifecta. You know, and at thirty to one, I, I wouldn't mind putting a couple dollars to win on her. So, so I'm going to put her on the B line and also the ten horse for Shug McGahey, Good American. Uh, just just kind of a horse that, that could be anything in this race. She. she Ran okay overseas, you know, second in uh, class four handicap at Kempton. Came over and was not, not involved in a 12 furlong off the turf, moved on to the synthetic race at uh, Gulfstream and Stakes Company. Really don't put much into that race at all. She's been given a bunch of time off. Uh, Shug McGahey, really nice numbers off the layoff uh, for this one. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from her at, at, with her Fairhill works as well. So might be more of a starting off point for her, for her uh, four-year-old season, but of course I'll also be putting underneath and on the B line for me. 
make a logical case. I'll take another look at the, at those couple for sure. I did spend some time on that nine runner based on the very interesting Cantharos uh, Kittens Joy pedigree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think at the price, probably worth throwing in for a penny for sure. Let's move on to the Island. We've got grade three action going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Just a field of six. There's going to be a lot of money coming for Zozos in this spot, six to five on the morning line. Are you with or against? I, I, I'd i like to beat him, but but I, I think that there's just too much working in his favor here. And I'm really not a big fan of the main threat, which is Weyburn for Todd Pletcher and Paco Lopez. I, I just think that horse is much better at one turn than two turns. Uh, Zozos, on the other hand, very, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, he kind of jumped up, he jumped onto the scene last year, had that huge uh, allowance win uh, going two turns at Oakland last year. And then just real quickly, you know, jumped on Louisiana Derby, ran well enough to get into the Kentucky Derby. So, so definitely more of an aggressive three-year-old campaign. And it's been quite the opposite for this, for his four-year-old campaign. Um, you know, started in the Louis, uh, Started, got, got, still as a three year old, but came back in December, won an allowance race down at the fairgrounds. Was maybe had a, didn't run great in grade three company there, but, but then his last three, three triple digit buyers in a row, winning at fairgrounds, Churchill and then Ellis. He certainly can get two turns and run well. The way the track was playing today, I I don't see anybody challenging him for the lead. And I I think, you know, once they hit the top of the stretch, he's going to be gone. So, Zozo's my lone A in this race. Uh, the, the backup for me is Trademark, the five. Again, this is another four-year-old that that's starting to kind of come into his own. Really, you know, you draw a line through that turf race uh, in June at Churchill. Last four races, all buyers going in the right direction. Was a winner in Stakes Company at Horseshoe Indianapolis on the uh, Indiana Derby card there. So I, I think he's trending the right direction. I think probably pace compromise in this race a little bit, but horse I'll be you know that that's where I'd back up and you know maybe you know four or five cold exact in that spot I like that exact idea because I do think trademark is interesting but Zozos just has everything laid out I think in terms of how this horse has been handled this year just Mm -hmm. might be better than these the six uh, for nine runner with the potential pace edge. I was going to keep it simple, mm-hmm. like the idea of the four. I don't hate the idea of the four, five, exact, and maybe for a tiny little bit of pick five money, maybe a couple of lines on the five for me, but really going to be all about Zozos in the way that I approach it. Let's talk race nine. More allowance action on the turf. We're going a mile and a 16th, and we've got 10 runners signed on here. Who's going to get the money? Yeah, you know, th- this to me was the best betting race on the program today. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to try and beat, I, I'm, I'm not sold on the Paco Lopez favorite there, the nine Cosmos speculation. It's a big figure off of a race and starter allowance company at Delaware on a course that was labeled soft. I, I think it's more of a yielding course, but I don't think Delaware uses that designation for whatever reason still. And anytime it's at that heavier turf course and you see that big buyer inflation to, you know, when they come back to a firm course, I'm always a little bit, uh, suspicious. Um, so, so I, I'm going to try a price. I'm going to use the three, uh, put three horses on the A line here uh, with the three spites per commit as the top pick. I, I really like this horse's uh, last few races uh, at Monmouth. She, um, one 
really liked how she won first time on the turf and July 8th with beat a modest non-winners of three claiming field, uh, or excuse me, he, and then he was thrown into the wolves on Haskell day on, in a really deep non-winners of one allowance, the same condition. And I, he, he was up on the pace, you know, when harpoon Harry kind of was six wide in, in that race and he was forcing the issue he went with them and he did a lot of the heavy lifting up front, really only beaten three lengths. I thought that that was a really good effort, especially breaking from the 12 hole, losing a lot of ground in that spot. Um, so, so see those two turf races again, that those buyer pairs for, for this horse third time on the turf. I, I think we're going to see the perfect soul as the, uh, the damn sire. I, I think this horse is going to run a big race today at, at eight to one, you know, hope get anywhere near that number on him. Uh, other horse I thought was really interesting in here, uh, Santa Anita Shipper, the six Samburu, and you know Mammoth Park for these non-winners of one condition, they have a stipulation where if you have if you've cleared that condition but you've done so winning less than seventeen thousand dollars, you're eligible to run in these races. So there's a few horses in this race that have already technically cleared the non-winners of one condition, but maybe. I think somebody cleared it at Tampa. I think the four horse well cleared it at Tampa. Uh, Sam Baru cleared it at York, winning a handicap. But but again, the, the purse, you know, his purse share was less than that uh, seventeen thousand. So he's eligible to run in this race, where he was running at Gulfstream in Santa Anita, where he was forced to kind of run in that non-winners of two condition, which which tend to be you know especially at Gulfstream in in the winter, Santa Anita anytime. I, I just think those are much deeper races than the non-winners of one here. So I, I think it's a significant class relief uh, coming into Kent Sweezy's barn. I, I think this horse has a big shot in this race as well. I like the four horse Hoku. Just, just horse always seems to show up and, and run a strong race. He did not run today. He did not make draw into the race at Laurel. So expecting him to run here for Michael Pino. And then Jairo Rendon rides this horse extremely well. He's uh, 26% winners in his last uh, 60 days and turf roots here at Mammoth. Um, so so I, I think that's a horse that's going to sit a real nice trip here. And then on the B line, I'm going to also throw in, you know, the one horse, Great King. This is a horse kind of feels like a little bit of a wild card in this race. He came over from Europe in 2022 after, uh, you know, ran, ran, Okay, there I got you know one second and four starts over there on the turf. Came over here and, and ran the first two races in synthetic routes, and then has been running in one turn races on the dirt ever since. the The synthetic form fits with this level, um, so it, the rail is pro- probably not a bad place for him to be. Two start, two sprints now stretching out to the route after the layoff. Just a turf pedigree, ten to one. Might might kind of be completely overlooked in this spot because there's a lot of good horses in here. Um, but another horse that just kind of has a shot in this wide open race. I had missed really the, the excellent case you're making on Great King. I really see it looking back. And yes, that pedigree blood wise, uh, you know, really should be no problem. Horses really run for Maddie Oliver too. You know, I, I think she's an asset and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in throwing that one in. But originally... I was going to talk about two of the others you mentioned, starting with the six, Samburu, as you mentioned, sort of sneaks in uh, with the, with that condition, with that uh, with that good race from uh, from from York that didn't have the very big purse, and this mm-hmm. is a horse that was 
quite possibly pace compromised against much better at Santa Anita last time. Now coming back in here uh, in a race where there does appear to be pace, I think Samburu makes a ton of sense. And the other one, another you mentioned, Hoku, who's a tough, tr- hard trier who should get a great setup. So mm-hmm. six, four, and one for me. I, I, I really do like the case you made on Great King. You had it three, six, and four on the A line with the one as a sort of a value type of a backup. Let's go to the nightcap race 10. $7,500 claimers, fillies and mares, six furlongs on the dirt. When it comes to all these late picks at Monmouth on Saturday, how are we going to get paid? Well, I, I think the two shorter prices are the way to go in this race. I just don't see much from the long shots and some of the other horses that are maybe a little shorter just are not very consistent. However, I do like Bullet on Tap uh, considerably better than the favorite song saver. I, I just I think she's going to be a little more forward, uh, just just kind of pushing the pace. I, I think our love on the run on the inside, a lot of cheap speed there. I think she's going to be right to her outside, ready to stalk when that one you know inevitably starts to fade. Uh, really like the last couple races from this horse. Um, did draw should be getting back on a fast track after a couple races in the slop. Uh, the two song saver will be a horse on the B line for me. My concern about this horse is that she's come back from a layoff and she has not shown any kind of early speed whatsoever in her two races at Penn national. And it's not like they were ridiculously fast paces. Um, you know, maybe you can maybe give her an excuse for, for not showing a lot of speed in the slop last time out, but I'm concerned that she really wasn't involved at early at all. Uh, when she faced that uh, 10,000 non winners, of three claimers that, she ran a decent race that day, closed in to be fourth, but but when she was running her best races, she was out on the lead or up, up closer to the pace. And I'm just not sure if at five years old that she has that ability right now. Um, but again, her, her, her race is definitely fit with this group, so I will back up with her, but I, I think bullet on tap is the way to go in this race. Bullet on tap, I do think, as you point out, going to get the perfect trip, looks to have the best figures in form. I'll be using... And I understand your point about the one R love on the run, and that is the most likely scenario, the, the old pop and stop for this five-year-old mare. But this might be a group where she could truly get loose. And I was giving her not full downgrade for the last race just because that pace early on was so fast. I just was going to use one backup line at least on R love on the run, but I think you've identified the most likely winner, and that's the seven. Might still offer value with the the two runner essentially making the market. And I'm with you. I don't necessarily need that one. Maybe as a deeper backup on some tickets, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out of my official reckoning of the race. All right. It's time for the Monmouth park bet of the week. Where are we going to go with this one? Uh, so, so let's talk about race five. Uh, it's a 12, five down to 10, five claim are always one of the more competitive divisions at Monmouth. Um, I really like the two horse Dreamliner in this race. Uh, second, second off uh, layoff, first time running for Robert Falcone. Um, just, just give him some love right now because he's he's having an incredible meet. Eleven wins from thirty four starters, and he's real where just he's winning at twenty one percent overall just across the country. And one of the areas where he's really improved is is with his claimers. And you know since he's been training, he's his horses that he's claimed that, that he's run back within a month. So within 30 days of him claiming or have won at 8%, but now it, it seems he's getting the horses more acclimated to his program. So the horses that run back for him off the claim within two months in that 31 to 60 day range 
are winning at 32%. So this Dreamliner fits into that. And it looks like this is a horse that was very good here last year, was a winner of one of the uh, starter handicap races that they run, that they've run here for years. Um, and those are always extremely competitive races. He, he won, was very impressive winning that last year. So no, no, he can win at the track. No problem handling the mile. And and what I, li- I like that he's given, you know, Falcone's given him three works now since he's claimed them. Each one has gotten better. So it looks, feels like a horse that's just getting sharp at the right time. He's going to get a great setup in here. There's as many as six horses that could be going for the front end. And, and he's more of a closer. Um, closers have had every opportunity to get home on this course lately. So I, I think Dreamliner, seven to two. Uh, second choice on the morning line, but, but that, that's a horse I'm going to be singled in the win early pick five and probably starting the Jersey six with that one as my single as well. Great case for Dreamliner, who does indeed look very, very tough in that fifth race. That's our Monmouth Park bet of the week. Eric, thank you so much. Great analysis as always. Always love reading your stuff over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com too, and we'll surely have you back on soon. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Peter. Cheers to Eric. Cheers to Mark Kramer. Great. Also getting to catch up with him. A little bit of Sunday action earlier in the show. And uh, Sunday action with our King's Plate show. Go check that out. You can see that on our uh, YouTube channel. Or you can just check out the podcast version of it as well. So much good content happening. And a lot of great free analysis, too, on InTheMoneyPodcast.com, where Eric does such a great job. We'll thank our founding partners, 10 Strike Racing and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Most of all, though, I want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do, especially the people who uh, flag me down and flag us down at the track to say they appreciate our work. That always makes me feel so good. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.